Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dear Alice. We've got Sue Hall, Corey Place, and Jessica Bennett. On the mics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You always get to intro the, you always intro the oh. podcast. So we like, there's never like a, how are you doing Jess? <laughs> you know? Questions first. Yeah. yeah. Jesse Bennett, oh. what is new in your life? Mm, new. Or what are you excited about? We're still in spring right now. Well, currently Sue and I are getting on a plane in the morning. We're going to go to high point. So we're recording this in April but these don't come out until June. So we kind of work a couple months in advance. So for us, I'm just so giddy. I feel like a kid that's ready for Christmas. Like it's Christmas Eve. I'm on the balls of my feet. I've got my hands clenched under my chin and I am so excited to get there. What it tells, tell the listeners, what is market if they don't know what market is? Yes. So high point market is, um, probably the, I would say it's the nation's largest furniture show where all of the vendors come together to show their wares, their furnishings. Um, so there's different, there's different markets. There's like Dallas market, which is great for gift and accessory shows. There's a Las Vegas market, which is a smaller micro version of the high point show. And then high point is where most of these vendors own their own buildings and they're making the furniture there in the South and they have their largest presentation twice a year, spring and fall. So because it's April, Sue and I are embarking out to market in the morning and um, flying down to the South. So we'll be eating Southern food. We have all of our reservations made. It's going to be perfect weather. My dad lives like an hour away from my point. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's like, it's been in the seventies and it's not too humid yet. You know? Oh, it's usually like the perfect chef's kiss weather of all (laughs) of all year Mm -hmm. in April and in October when we go. And so it's this sort of idyllic little capsule moment in my mind that's like a helium balloon that lives above everything else mm. where I'm like ah, market what's that REM song the happy shiny people yeah, oh, yeah. like that's what I feel like it's, that. it's like a bunch of designers that's our theme song so happy, walking happy around shiny people just and walking around for us um we are more about the relationships and the connectivity between oh us gosh. and and our reps or or the makers I mean you guys have heard Oscar here on the podcast from made goods talk about dishes like he'll be there and we'll be his latest and greatest and embrace with all these people we love and adore so much. And we like to hear like right from their mouth, what's inspiring them, how they came up with this, how they solved these problems, how they brought these things to market and you feel the passion of it. And then we share that passion with everybody else, including yourselves on the podcast. So I'm excited to come back from market and share what we were seeing that's trending or that's kind of a movement that we're seeing. Um, sustainability is of course a really big thing right now, I think amongst all brands. And so it's cool to see them using different fibers and different materials to get that done or recycling other things that like would have been waste into something that totally And then textile wise, you'll feel like certain color trends amongst all the brands. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun to feel it all in. And for the first time, Suzanne and I don't have to be the designers. We just get to go and like be the partakers and we get to just visually be stimulated by how they're putting together their showrooms, which is really, really fun. So anyway, that's, that's what I'm obsessing about lately. But what are you, how about you guys? What are you guys excited about for what's going on with you? Um, man, I don't have anything. What's your latest obsession? You talk about how you obsess about things. Uh, I would say, um, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm going to, 
I have been obsessing about this and my wife doesn't eat meat. So this is like the caveat to that. And I've been trying to get, I read this quote and it was like, you don't eat enough protein. And it wasn't to me. It was just someone saying that. And it's yeah. like, you need to eat more, a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I've been like, as you're lifting. It is because I'm lifting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But it's, it's um, also like just really good for your body. I mean, it feeds your muscles and breaks down your fat protein does. So I've just been really obsessed with that. And it's been hard for Mari because she, does the heavy lifting of the cooking, as you can imagine. And she doesn't like cooking meat, but mm -hmm. she's, she's been a sport and she's been doing it and she's great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, Mari, what, I've, that's awesome. what I've been saying. Nutrition. With. I love it. Yeah. That's great. I can't wait to see your summer body, Corey. I know it's, I know. it's under these sweaters. So. Corey's, Corey's going <laughs> to be merge like a butterfly. <laughs> he's going to be shirtless on the next podcast. Yeah. I'm so oh, yeah. excited for all you guys. <laughs> be on YouTube. <laughs> How about you, Sue? I am obsessing over the fact that when you guys hear this, I hopefully have some finished bathrooms. Yes. So yeah, behind door number three last night, we discovered when they were about to like, they're like, yeah, we're just going to like, you know, take off the sheet rock. We're going to put up tile board, da, 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 that there's some additional framing that like was never included to hold up these, my roof. And oh, sure. Right there. Just so, the roof. <laughs> so sure. Anyway, so he unearthed like the top and we're like, it was a pretty, but just like we need to like insulate, add, add some more framework and then we'll get to the, so as all remodels go, Bumsky. it's okay. I'm going yeah. to market. So shoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's always yeah. a surprise in the works it is. and then it is usually takes your budget to a different place that it wasn't originally in the bid. Cause you didn't know that there would be a surprise mm -hmm. behind door number three. It yeah. makes you more creative. But, so I'm not going to include that line item yeah. in my budget. <laughs> Put it in my surprise <laughs> and we'll get it done and it'll be, I'm really excited. It's really fun. Like everything's ordered. Everything's in my garage. Awesome. So I go out there sometimes and I just like pet the tile and I'm like, mm, it'll be mine. Oh, someday yes, soon. Be mine. Yeah. I, yeah. So I'm excited. That's I'm excited great. for those to like be done and just like to have something just that's new and reimagined and, yeah. and creative, you know, cause yeah. I didn't get to create that house. So this is like my creations in the house. So it's fun. Yeah. So I'm obsessing. I, I really like that. That's a really great sentiment. I was going to say to that point, um, we recently did a little bit of work with um, a beautiful influencer out of the South named Liz Damrich. And she had a really beautiful sentiment about buying a home that has existed before. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, there's a really great quote um, from McAlpine. They have a new book out. And um, called Romantic Modernism. Yeah. Yes, romantic modernism. She said in the new book, it almost brought me to tears. It reminded me the reason I love old houses, their architecture and the confidence they possess. One can be free in them because the parenting is finished. Mm -hmm. I just really love that sentiment. Of course, it's so romantic because McAlpin, you know, they wrote it. But I like the thought that... Um, that you can be free in it because the parenting is done. We're in a new build. You have to figure out the parenting and you have to wear it in and you have to figure all that out. But yeah. for you, you just get to make the cosmetic tweaks and adjustments, obviously re reinforcing yeah. the roof and doing whatnot. But I liked that sentiment of the parenting is finished. That's you know beautiful. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really beautiful too. Um, but along those lines yeah. is, um, probably the biggest question that we get asked before we start any project. And that is what is always in and never out. And we wanted to record a podcast sort of talking about those things, no matter if you're living in a historical home, an older home, a 20 or 30 year home, a 10 year home, 10 year old home, or a brand new build. Oh. What is it? What are some of the classic principles that we could talk about here today 
that you are not going to regret in the future. Mm-hmm. It's a big, deep, juicy topic. A really deep, juicy and, topic. And we all feel things different ways too. So I can't say specifically for you, but I think as design principles, we can talk about what we think you're not going to regret yeah. in the future. Yeah. And I think on all these like line items that we're going to bring up that we feel are just like classic that we would never tire of. I think as you kind of reflect on this and whatever situation you're living in mm-hmm. and whatever you're improving upon, be if, if you already live in a beautifully constructed home, whether you built it or you moved into it, that what are you, what are you adding to it to make it more beautiful? So the top layer, the furnishings, or if you're remodeling like I am, how can you make it better? Like yes. it's still an edifice on the ground, on the earth that I have power, like in these decisions that I'm making to make it better and to make it feel loved, you know? And so I think that's just something that I feel like we have responsibility on um, in our spaces to make them beautiful and to make them make people feel something when they walk in. I love that. That's a great sentiment. So among a top, top amongst the points that we want to make is if you think in your minds about anything Ralph Lauren, right? Anything. And he has lots of different collections. He's got things that are more desert modern. He's got on beachy stuff. Yes. And then he's got the really classical traditional stuff and he's got all different labels. Yes. Yes. And no matter where you fall in whichever camp, it always feels like it's in and not out. Right. Mm -hmm. It's always relevant to somebody, no matter the lifestyle Mm -hmm. within the Ralph Lauren brands, And we can talk fashion or, I mean, we're talking interiors, but across the board, he always has this timelessness about him. So that's a really good picture to conjure up and think about as we're talking about these points. Um, So he's, I think a few things when I think of Ralph is the scale is always large. It's always very generous from the blue and white ginger jars on a side table. And his side table is like the size of a dining table, a 42 inch round dining table. And he's always got like these beautiful classic, like ferns or palms planted in, you know, large pots. And so you get this greenery just kind of spilling over. It's like, it's been there forever. Just kind of the root system is like through the table, you know, it's like an estate, you know, the feeling of it. And so uh, I think there's a lot of really beautiful principles about that. Um, Lighting wise, his lamps are massive. The shades are massive. They're super tall. The shapes on the shades, I feel like are also timeless. I don't think he'd ever give into like a square shade or a rectangle shade. Or even just like, you don't even see him do a lot of straight up and down drum shades. They all have a, like a cant cant to it, which I think is very, it's definitely the arc digest moment. You know, it feels like, Oh, that's from a different era Mm -hmm. and it's lasted this long because it's timeless. Totally. And the materiality too, like we saw the parent company that made Ralph Lauren's lamps. They use natural paper shades on everything, but on Ralph's, they had to be linen a natural kind of off white linen. It was very pretty. And then his materials would be like real leather and, um, you know, just like real honest materials, yeah. not faux versions of them. Yeah. And even like, I think one thing that's interesting that we've learned going to markets is that like the company that introduces his lighting, everything's introduced for like the next market. Yeah. You know, like a six month Ralph Lauren's lighting undergoes another year of, of tweaking mm-hmm. and making every detail absolutely perfect down to the screws that they use. And you feel it when you see a Ralph Lauren lamp or a lighting fixture, like you, you can touch every single piece and part of that and know that it is well put together and someone really thought it out, how would it function, you know, and how could it be more, most beautiful? Mm-hmm. And that's Ralph Lauren. Yep. So totally. And that is has staying power because they design it to stay there for a long time and to not be fast fashion. 
Yep. So, and I think I have such respect, I such respect to that, especially yeah. product development. Hello. Definitely. You know, like just to take the care to like make it great so that it can be here a long time. Yes. And I think the one thing that we obsess over is scale. We always want to make sure that keep that Ralph Lauren be buzzing around in our head while we're making stuff that small never equals greatness generally, right? Usually if you scale something really well, it's going to look generous. It's going to be gorgeous. It's going to feel estate quality. Make a small space Mm. feel grander. Yes, exactly. And that's a good tip for you if you're shopping in antique stores or if you're in a estate sale or you're trying to find something at home goods, even you're going to want to always go for those really amazing, generously sized whatever it is that you're buying and take that, take that key from Ralph Lauren, because it's always going to be in. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care your sleep health, if you just head over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. And it's never going to be out. Um, I feel like there's men. Yes, There's a point that we, or there's um, a really cute YouTube video that we just barely watched. It's from Alexa Chung. So ridiculous. And it's called, it's called how to dress like a French woman. And I feel like this falls under this, um, under these talking points about always being in a never out because we like, just like straight, we all have a crush on French women. Yes. Their hair, everything is just like a little undone and they're just cool. And Uh you know, they they figured it out. They have their baguette and their effortlessness is attractive. Like it's, it's just like, man, that person's like killing it and doing nothing. Yeah. They're not, they're not trying too hard. They're not thirsty. I also feel like confidence Mm -hmm. is something that's also just really like you're drawn to people that just know their own mind. They know where they're going. They know what they're doing. And if you throw effortless in with the confidence, then you're like, effortless confidence. They don't even have to care. Yeah. It's so, so good. Um, anyway, it's, it's cute. There's, um, a sentiment that they make in French and I wish I could say it, which is it hurts to be beautiful. If you're a little girl getting your hair combed by your mother, the mother would say this little phrase, which means it hurts to be beautiful. Like, hold still. I'm going to get your hair combed. Work it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then another thing is like when they were talking about on this video um, about 
you know, finding the perfect pair of mm-hmm. jeans, yeah. they say denim should never be comfortable. Like she was like, for <laughs> if it's it going to gonna be, look really good on your bum. Really I- <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be kind of like up your rear end in the back a little bit. It's going to cut you in half up when you sit down. A little bit too. <laughs> like yes. Yes. Totally. And they're like a hundred percent cotton denim. It's, there's no stretch no to stretch, this. Yeah. It's not forgiving, but that's what makes them so, so cool. Yeah. So yeah, Sue actually called me last night. She's like, I have to change into a dress. I can't wear this denim another minute. <laughs> I swear I, tr- I tried to do the French girl denim I thing and know. it's like so uncomfortable, know, right? Like, yeah, it's just, it's a five hour wear, you know, it's not a full day. <laughs> it's not a dinner date wear for sure. But yeah, yeah. but they're cute when you try them on. You're like, those look really good. Yes. But yeah, but like there's zero stretch. So don't eat bread during the day Yeah, or you'll blow up. don't eat bread and drink water anyway you guys have to check out um how to dress like a french woman on youtube by alexa chung you will love it you will devour it. it's only 15 minutes long it's great but i do feel like it's always cool to dress like a french woman and it will never be out and the thing that like was just the underlying theme to me like Mm -hmm. when they talked about clothes and they talked about hair when they talked about you know, it's just, there was never like, you're going to drip yourself in this one brand yes. or anything like that. If, if anything, they're just like, find your classics, you know, have really great denim, have like something like really slim fitting and then do an oversized coat that just feels a little effortless and cool. And, but everything like just, they've had, they bought it, they bought it well, they bought it a while ago and they fix it. Mm-hmm. If it like, if the, it fits really good still, you just like hem it or you, you patch it, whatever it is because it still has staying power, mm-hmm. you know, that always and never out. It was good then it's still good now. And there's like a little something that's undone about it, which makes it really approachable. Totally. Really approachable and just very cool. Yes. So when was the last time anybody here had something mended because they love it so much, they want to keep wearing it. I just think that sentiment is so also green, but so everlasting that you love the thing so much that you're going to get your shoes resold or you're going to get your, I've had my shoes, resold, my boots resold. You have good girl. Yeah. I have, uh, this is what I like least about myself, but just like bigger thighs. Uh-huh. Um, and so I always like wear like, you know, the crotch of my jeans out. Patch them all the time. Talk more about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you ask, so, you know. Yeah. Um, you get a little yeah. thigh rub. Exactly. Well, yeah. Us girls can relate. We can totally relate to that. Totally. Yeah. yeah and French girls, them. maybe not. I love it. So I've done that all the time. Like, I mean, I've squeezed the juice out of jeans, just trying to like make them last because I love them so much. Yeah. You know? So uh-huh. I yeah. like that. Tom loves a patch. He loves patches. Yeah. <laughs> you get any patches like Nolan's jeans. That's like cute. with like cool funky little patches and things like that's adorable. You know, because little does boys he like are hard. Hand sew them on, or how does he do that? He like I, I'll do it, but he'll um he'll first like iron them on. But he finds like just like rad ones online and vintage patches cute. and stuff. And anyway, it's cute. And it's a cool look for Nolan, and I like that. Like uh-huh. you know, and he's so he's like been the same size for years. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he's eight years old, but I could still probably throw him in a sixty, and he'd be fine. Uh-huh. But. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But when you find something that's good, that fits, you know, yours, your kids, whatever body. Great. Then like, don't throw it out. You yeah. know, catch it. Yeah. I think, I think if you, cool about when it. you buy quality, then it's also going to be long lasting. You can hand it down to other kids. You can, you know, continue to wear it. You can save the silhouette, mm. you know, and then come back to it again and you'll love it all over again. So, and a lot of good companies, like they will resole it for you if you send it in. You know, like shoes, boots, you know, fry, whatever that is. Like, yeah. Um, if you buy it well, then 
there's like, and there's a couple like men's shoe lines that like, they'll do that. I love that. Tom's had his shoes resold before. I love that. I grew up in a small town and we had a shoe man. So we would just take it down to Did you really? a cobbler. Like a cobbler? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That. Yes. Amazing. Totally. It's Brown's Shoe Repair in Richfield, Utah. Okay. And yeah, you just take Mr. anything Brown. on in or like if I needed to, I would buy a pair of shoes and then I'd take it in. I'd ask him to please add Steven Stomper taps to them and then they'd be my new clogging shoes. Okay. And he Girl. would, he would put the taps on the bottom or he would. Is this oh, place still of going? Yesteryear, Mom, Mr. Brown. Mom, are you out there? Can you answer Corey? <laughs> is, is a Brown? shoe repair still there i feel like he could fix anything it was amazing yeah let's just say yes yeah for the sake of yeah. find it was a great. cobbler i think that's fun Provo find a cobbler mo- also had modern shoe on center yes Street. they did and so i would take i would take my boots like after the winter uh-huh. i would take it to them to have them resold and stuff so that i'd have them for the next year if they were good boots that's amazing so yeah also find a great tailor Right. Because, Amen. because then no matter what happens with your body or if you're handing something down or like, I just bought a vintage coat up at decades, yeah. um, probably in January. And because it's vintage, the buttons just kind of like if you, the favorite button, you know, that you'd always button that one was just so loose. I'm like, I can't lose this vintage button. I'll never be able to replace it. So I brought it into the, to the, um, alterations lady and had her re-sew on all the buttons the same time reinforce to just them. reinforce them because yeah. I could never find a vintage button again. But yeah, I've got somebody else's coat that I pull out every once in a while and I love it. So beautiful. Yeah. It's got an energy to it. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, um, if it's good, it's worth keeping. It yeah, is. Yes. Yeah. And quality. Yeah. And when it comes to your home, I think a lot of those pieces, um, we see a lot like with just like these old chests, like things it's sometimes hard, like on sofas because like antique sofas are a lot different than sofas now. So those really hard wearing upholstery pieces that you're using day in and day out, kids are jumping on them, rolling off of them, you know, like they're well loved. Those are a little bit hard, um, but you can still find like silhouettes that are lovely Mm -hmm. and maybe more modern. Like it's fun to have like a more like cleaned up sofa with some traditional pieces around it. And I think mm-hmm. that that has staying power. Totally. That tension is really good. But I think when you're buying, you know, you need an entry chest, like see if you find one, like a vintage one that's like beautiful burl and has amazing hardware because those pieces, like it's hard for them to wear out mm-hmm. because if they were well-built. Yes. Right? And they were, and everything they was like heirlooms. dovetailed and wood glides underneath mm. and they're built the way that we like lust after in the furniture industry. But it's Gosh. like impossible to yeah. do. It's so, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's awesome though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're treasures when you find them and they're heirlooms and you should snag them mm-hmm. and incorporate them into your collection because they will have staying power, especially yeah. how you pair it. If like you ever tire of it, you might be tired of what's on top of it mm-hmm. and you just need to redo it because that piece probably has some staying power. I love that. So, yeah. Yeah. Reimagine it. Do you guys like, and this is, this is probably because I, you know, worked with wood for a long time. I started that in high school or whatever, but it's like almost sacrilegious if someone takes like an old antique piece and just like paints it. Do you, do you guys feel the same way or if you're down good, with that? If it's a beautiful grain and the profiles are awesome. Yeah. It's worth refinishing. No, no, um, no. I'm talking just like, I'm just going to. I know, but I, I would refinish okay. it. If you yeah. were like, really, if the actual patina on it, the scratches and stuff weren't becoming, or if they were like really deep and like mm-hmm. a kid had its way with them or whatever. But if it has like good bones, it probably can be refinished Yeah. to like, and then you can control the stain of whatever you want it. But yeah, it's sad when you see something beautiful and I don't know, but cause sometimes like it, it'd be better painted. Yeah. It just depends on the piece. I'm going back on my. I also think that there's, um, if there's like a sentiment to the piece, 
it's never going to go out of style because it's meaningful to you. Let's just say that one of us inherited our grandmother's sideboard or French entry chest or something like that Mm -hmm. because it means something to us. Or even if we found say a French entry chest and we have the only one left in the world, right? Cause it's an antique where else you're going to buy one just like this, Mm -hmm. you know, 70, 80 years old, a hundred years old, whatever. I just feel like that is going to be like your style icon and you can change up whatever goes on top of it or whatever art goes above it. But I feel like you're going to want that in your collection forever and it will always be into you. It will never be out because you got this precious one of a kind thing, you know, which is why we also love a vintage rug. Yeah. You know, we, that's our first stop at market every time we're going to go and we're going to get a vintage rug that's been in the world forever. Nobody's ever going to tire of it. It's always going to be this classic style romance to it. Yes. It is a romance because you can't not fall in love with these, at least like us. Mm -hmm. That might not be your style. That's totally okay. But I think that there's an energy to it and a story that has like lived on for years, Mm -hmm. decades, you know, and you can feel that energy. And the yeah. wear and tear where people have walked on it. And it just wear that. Just, S- sorry. No, I didn't mean to cut you no off. the patina is just stunning. I even look at some of mine and I look at the wear marks that my family's made on mm-hmm. these rugs on top of like what other people. And I'm like, isn't that a cool, just, mm-hmm. I don't know, just journey for this piece that like we respected it so much that we gave it another life. Yeah. And I think that that has same power if it's well made, mm-hmm. well constructed in beautiful taste and great care and love. Mm-hmm. It has same power. Yeah. And it's a beautiful backdrop for your room. Anything you build on it is going to feel really special. It's going to feel one of a kind. And you're not going to be so obsessed with trends because you have this miraculous thing from that's a century old or 60 years old. And you've got a story that goes with it. And people love a story. They just love it. And then they're going to be lusting after this rug that they know they can't have because it's vintage. Yeah. Like where's the other one on earth? You know, it's the best way for you to be like, be individual about your style. If you are stuck, Uh you don't know what to do and you don't know your style, start perusing through vintage rugs and start pitting ones that you like, and then search out for the, like search out for one that will like make a move, a big move in your room Yeah, and live with that. And you'll like, it will ignite you. Mm -hmm. It really will. Totally. And if you buy bigger than you think, then no matter where you move around, it's going to fit in your rooms. Cause for the most part, people generally start out in smaller spaces and they're renting. And then when they move into a home, they're going to have a little bit more area to cover. Or even if you're in your starter home, you know what I mean? Like really fill that room up with the rug. Cause the larger rug can always go into the next space. Yeah. My yeah. house isn't big, mm-hmm. but you saw like what smaller than a nine by 12 did. And it was unbecoming. It shrunk your room. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a nine by 12 and nothing smaller. Yes, I agree. Okay. Other things that are always in and never out. I would say transitional or the mixing of designs is going to get you really, really far timeline wise because you're not going to be stuck in a decade. Right. No. And I think people that are doing that transitional or mixing classic with modern, I think you're always doing it. mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're refreshing it Mm -hmm. every now and again. You have the pieces that will always be your favorites. And then you're always just like, you can find a new piece. You're going to rotate out that art. You're going to mm-hmm. put up something else. And I think that has staying power. Yep. I agree. I love that. Materials that are always in, never out. We've got burled wood. We just oh, love. I just love it. I, what do you kind of call those woods? Is there a category for like the specialty? Like it's ma- not a straight like, grain. It's not like a wild figure, but it's just like you see like Figured woods. And yeah. then they usually like, like figured walnuts. Yeah. That's like burled walnut is a thing. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And then there's like 
fiddleback and oak, which is like that quarter. So when you get quarter sawn and you uh-huh. can get those, you know, like tiger, tigering in it. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's bird's eye, like maple, which is kind of a mixture of those two. It yeah. kind of has like some burly things in it, but then some of that like um, fiddleback as well. So Macosser ebony. Yeah. Some of those yeah. exotics. Exotic hardwoods. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so rad. Always in, yeah. always a treasure, always like top shelf in the China cabinet is the very, very best of woods. Yep. In if you when you're antique shopping or even if you run across a tray that's one of these exotic woods, that's gonna up your game on your on your coffee table that's like kind of a normal table or at the foot of your bed on your bench or on your nightstand. Those things are just so precious heirlooms. Your kids are gonna want them. Gold. Definitely. Um, I also have a marble, crystal, silver, polished nickel. Real materials have staying power. If you buy honest materials, not something that looks like something else, those things look so good no matter what decade they're in. Mm -hmm. Wood tiles don't have staying power. Say that again. (laughs) Wood tiles don't have staying power. (laughs) Why would you say, Sue? (laughs) Because it's not real. It's not real. It's porcelain and it's been combed to look like wood and it's not wood. It doesn't look like wood. It doesn't sound like wood. It doesn't feel like wood. I love it when Sue gets mad about wood tile. Power. <laughs> oh, awesome. When people when people nominate it as an idea, and I'm like, no, <laughs> cool idea, not <laughs> liar. <Psych. laughs> yes. Okay. Other things that I feel like are always and never out is the white kitchen. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's an asterisk on that. It depends. I, it does have an asterisk on it. Different shades of white, yep. right? But I do feel like. For as long as we've been at this, which I have to say has been at least 20 plus years for me, yeah. as long as I can remember, the white kitchen is a timeless classic. Sometimes they're cooler white, sometimes they're warmer whites. Right now we love a warmer, more organic white. And then the hardware is what's going to kind of trend. Mm-hmm. The lighting. But the lighting is going to trend. You're going to get sick of your pendants or whatever. But I do think if you get a really well-made white kitchen... I just don't think you're going to regret it. I don't either. I think there's things that like cabinet makers are trends. Like in the t- early two thousands, they had like the cityscape cabinets, mm-hmm. you know, where it wasn't just straight to the ceiling and it wasn't, there was no classical, classical rules yes. in that era. Those are going to go out of style, you know, kind of like and, what, and what's they the treated, kitchen. They but treated most, their white weird. Then. Yes. Yeah. With, with gel stains knots, and stuff. Yeah. Knots. yeah. But you know, I totally agree. I think white, like done classically, is has staying power. White kitchens that go to the ceiling. Maybe there's a crown on it. There's a crown. There's or, a freeze. There's, you know, yes. there's certain things and you can always, you can always change out a, a cupboard for glass if that's in, or you can always like wallpaper the back of a cure. You know, there's things mm-hmm. like that, that you might get a niche, but I think, yeah, I think the bone of a white kitchen, mm-hmm. if it's paired if it's done well and paired with honest materials, right? Like your marble. polished nickel faucet, your marble countertops, you know, all those things are going to just feel like you could film a Nancy Myers film in this kitchen. You know, right. Uh, yeah. We were talking to a friend that's an architect last night and he was saying that um, the designer they were working with, were kind of refused the idea of marble and we know that it's a tender material guys. We know that it's soft. We know that it can stain. We know, we know all those things, but that's the magic of it. If you're into marble, if not do quartzite, but they're still honest living materials. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that those have staying power. Um, I think the designer he was working with like wanted to just do quartz, but 
again, a quartz that looks like a marble isn't a marble. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do a quartz side if you can afford to. Um, just because I think that that's the staying power. I think there's, there, there's always something in your mind that knows that it's uh, kind of an imposter. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you'll tire of that. And at some point in your life, you'll be like, gosh, I should have, I should just do marble. Let's rip all this out and let's just go with corset or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, because I think hopefully, hopefully you learn, you learn better, do better. Right. Yes. Um, and you see, hopefully you experience things and you get to feel those materials and feel the energy that comes off of them yep. as real life living materials. Yep. yep. So agreed. Let's talk about windows. What is always in and never out when it comes to buying a window? Ooh, I think more glass, the bigger window. I think has staying power. I think natural light. I think sun, the sunshine is staying, <laughs> is staying power, That's you all. know? So I think everything just looks so beautiful in natural light. So I think the size a window, I know that some people like when they have a great view, they have more of a picture window, mm-hmm. which I think is, is fine. But I think like a really well-proportioned grid has staying power. Mm-hmm. I think a white window has staying power. I agree. I think the black window is trendy for mm-hmm. sure, especially when you're black on the outside and on the inside and you don't give yourself the opportunity to paint the inside of it, those two grids. Yes. Any, um, any colored window generally Generally, there's always an, there's always a, you know, something that you'd be like, no, that building's extraordinary. And I know the windows are yeah. if a you're color. In, if but you're in London and you have green windows, you're good. Yes. <laughs> you definitely. know, like, or in, if that's what you're inspired by, you're good if that's what you're trying to replicate. But yeah. most people, when they just like paint it, like just the bright white house right now with the dark black windows, that's a trend. Yeah. That does not have staying power. Agreed. Agreed. We're helping yeah. a friend out on a... 2001 dream house remodel and she has almond windows. Almond doesn't have nothing. Power. <laughs> yeah. Nothing screams 2001 to me more than almond windows. It say. reminds That's me crazy. of a nude nylon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That was <laughs> funny. Where I'm just Which I have to say somebody. also trends, tights, nylons, all that stuff. Always mm-hmm. trend. Sheer opaque, all of it. Oh yeah. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right None now we're experiencing, <laughs> we're experiencing lots of shears right now, which yeah, is super fun, but decorative socks. In decorative socks, yes, but we are definitely out on the almond window. So if yeah. if if in doubt, go a white window, and you're not going to regret it through the decades. Yep. I yes, think, I love a casement. Mm-hmm. Like staying power. I love a casement window yeah. too. Do you want to tell people what that is in case they don't know? Yeah, you have some in your home, and I just think they're so charming when you get to it has the like the actual the turn. I was about uh-huh. to say the turntable, but it has just like the little thing you that you crank. crank open yeah, and just like, you know, like Calamity Jane, you just crank that girl open and uh-huh. let the birds sing. Yep. And I just love it. I think there's something so charming about that and I want to live with them. I do too. I like it way better than a double hung window because then you get the entire window that swings out and you don't get this divided view right at your eye line with this big bar. <laughs> you know, yep. I'm sure it has its charm in, in plenty of homes, but I do love a casement. Yep. I think it's so cute. Um, anything that has meaning or memory point to it is never going to go out of style for you because it's steeped in something that you love and you're passionate about that you experienced. And it has to do with probably the way you were raised or the way your grandma's house was this, or I remember, I know I've told the story before a lot, but when we started working with, um, a family on their home, probably like almost a decade ago, actually, he said, I want a black and white checkered entry because my aunt who had fake eyelashes had a black and white checkered entry. And I always thought she had the most sophisticated home. 
and it was this memory point for him. And so we created a different version of the black and white checkered entry, but he's wanted it his whole life because he associates it with his very beautiful aunt with fake eyelashes that like put together. She just went the extra mile, you know, I'm sure she was pressed or in a beautiful dress or clicked her heels across the black and white marble. And to him, he was like, that is success, yeah. you know? So I think that there's these memory points. I was actually listening to Tan France. We did Tan's Closet. I was listening to him in an interview talking about how people are like, I am so surprised you're going with a traditional home. He's in the middle of a new build in the Salt Lake City area because you dress so modernly. And he was like, I know, but growing up in London, I always felt like the successful people had traditional homes. And it's this memory point of something that's been steeped in there for so long that he absolutely believes it to be true. And we have those inside of ourselves and we need to reach in and we need to pull on those um, heartstrings. And when we do that, we're always going to love it because we've always desired it, you know, or grandma had it or mom had it, or I live like this, or I grew up like this, or I've always wanted a laundry chute because I grew up with it or whatever. Yeah. You know, we have these little things that we just, the quirks that only, you know, and I can appreciate. And it's interesting when you, when you employ these things into your own home, we were talking again with a gentleman last night mm-hmm. and he built his home for him and it's very unique. It's very different. And I think probably like advisors and people were just like, you can't do that. No one's ever going to want to buy this house. He's like, it's not for sale. I'm not selling it. This is for me. Mm-hmm. And since building it, it has a feeling that he's like incorporated into the space that's so deep and has such a heartbeat and a pulse that he's gotten so many different offers of people just like would write him a check. It's not for sale. But if at any point he'd wanted to, he would have buyers at his door because it was done with such love yes. and thoughtfulness. And I think if you do things with that, that has staying power. And, there's, and I think people will feel it when they walk into your home. And there's nothing trending about the house. No. It feels like it's a hundred years old and that it's in Great Britain, you know? Yeah. It's just absolutely stunning. So yeah. Great point. Um I think um, a few products of ours that we just love that are timeless. Yes. Things that we're passionate about. Because you guys are, are always doing product development and like, I'm sure that that passes through your mind. You don't want to build things that are going to just like go into a landfill. No. You know? Yeah. Like what, what are you inspired by? Like when we're, when we're designing our own furniture so that it has staying power, what are, what are the things that you guys take into account? I do think this topic just rings really clear to us at all times is like we've seen design through several decades and we want to make sure that this is something that people will love forever. And materiality is a big piece along with silhouettes and scale. I think those, those pieces forms that we think will be interesting and beautiful and give back to the space textures, the colors need to be right so that, no matter what's trending, these are always going to get along with it, you know? Yeah. Like the Beatrice Brass Etagere. Yeah. We did. Like we talked about, you know, the price point, if we could do like an electroplated finish or hand dyed finish. And we went back and forth with it for a while and, you know, just decided that like real brass and like, you know, like let's just get it sampled in real brass first and see how that goes. And it, in my opinion, is like, there was no other way to do that. That's like how it had to be, um, price point or not. Like, you know, um, I, I think that that's like what that piece needed. It was a real material. Yeah. And that real, that real material is what makes you think like, when was this created? You can't put a stamp on it. Mm -hmm. It was created in 2023. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, that could have been, that could be a hundred years old, the Beatrice. Yeah. 
Totally. And we, we have brass, real materials do that. Totally. And originally when we designed it, we had it in mind for bathrooms next to freestanding bathtubs because you need to be able to grab a towel off of it or people sometimes watch movies on their phone or they have all their their candles, their bubble baths and all of there's just so many little jams and jellies people like to take to the bathtub (laughs) with them, you know, and we needed a place to store them that would make everything look very chic, but also that makes it looks like they rescued it from some great little antique shop around the corner. So we had that narrative in mind when we were designing it. And then once it got here, we were like, this would be amazing, you know, in a closet um, to be able to stack purses or shoes on or perfumes or that last layer when you're getting ready to take a squirt of perfume and to grab your bag and your favorite shoes and off you go. Or, or it could so be a bar cart. It could be a, a bar cart room. in a living room or dining room and you yeah. could stack it with all the beautiful glasses and bottles and, um, you know, ice bucket and the whole thing. So it kind of has gotten legs and goes in lots of different areas, but I think that's one of those that feels very timeless. Yep. So good. Yeah. Including the metal. I feel like even though we're starting to see silvers be like starting to come on the forefront again, I still think brass feels like you rescued it from the antique store Yeah, and it tells that honest story. Yeah. And it brings a warmth to a home in combination with all the other materials. Totally. I I feel like the marble collection is another one that just feels so, so timeless. Yeah. So pretty. And you can add it to the bathroom or to a center hall table if it's a vase or whatever it is, but the silhouette filled with pears, like that little oh, marble bowl is so pretty. So pretty. It's also something that beautiful empty. Yeah. Yeah. 100% empty. It looks sculptural and it feels like Michelangelo just came through and yeah. chiseled something, you know? And there are things yeah. I feel like that you can like pass down to people. Like, you know, a few years ago, my wife's grandma died and, you know, everything was kind of like, you know, given to all of her siblings and, when we were yeah working on product development then I was like, man, it would be cool to just have stuff that like people were stoked to get, you know, like after I'm gone. Generations later. Yeah. 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 And just be like, oh, I remember like seeing this at, you know, at grandpa's house or like my parents having this and totally. you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, you know, like we were talking about earlier, if it's made with, if it's well-designed and, you know, well-constructed, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be timeless. It's going to have staying power. And, um, I feel like we're on like the other pendulum swing where st- people are like starting to want and focus on that more, yeah. you know, than we have maybe in the past like 30 years. So it's really encouraging and exciting. That's amazing. I, I love say, it. I want to say something else I think Allison's good at is just and back to Ralph Lauren and just timeless design is, is the scale mm-hmm. because like even our um, Phoenix mirror that you guys just barely introduced, which is like this abstract, more modern, this kind of takes it back. We'll talk about icons here in a second but it feels iconic due like to it's like individuality. The Phoenix mirror is like this copper antique mirror that's abstracted in shape. And there's two of them, one smaller than the other, and they can kind of nest with each other, but there's just something so curious about them that you just don't know where it was found. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that, that curiosity. Um, but the scale, I think if you saw that in a size that was five times smaller, that would be a trend. Yeah. That would feel like a trend, but due to the scale and the proportions of it, I think it's an icon. It feels I like really, an installation. Really, really yeah, it's an yeah. Art installation. I, I, I would dare say in 20 years, I would still like mm-hmm. find it super interesting in the space. Totally. I agree. So I think the scale in which you use. I yes. Guess. I love that. That's a really great point. Yeah. Um, design icons, I feel like are always in, never out. Charles Ames, Milo Boffman, Pierre Generette. Marcel Brewer. Frank Gehry. Yeah. George Nelson, all of them. 
You guys know the pieces, the things that you just lust after and feel like, oh, one day when I've made it, I'm going to have a X, you know? And it's just so fun because like we usually like speak about it singularly, like I want an an Eames chair. Yeah. Not a pair of Eames chairs. Like I want an Eames lounge Yeah, or I want a wiggle chair because like more than one of them feels like disreverent to me. I'm just like, it's a sculpture and I just want one and I want it parked there Mm -hmm. for me to just stare at. Yeah. Because it's so classic. And like, especially when you put something that had that much thought and ingenuity, ingenuity, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and you originality, put, too. originality. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like look at the wiggle chair from freaking Frank, Frank Gary. It's so like animated and interesting. It's made of cardboard yet. It was engineered to hold human weight, you know, like that's brilliant. So it's brilliant. brilliant. Maybe not for everybody, but it has steam power because of its genius, mm-hmm. you know, and its creativity. And I think creativity has staying power mm-hmm. from, from, from artists. You definitely, know? So. definitely. And it gives your home this, um, bit of originality, but also, um, you know, you get this collector feel and you're like, I appreciate these really unique forms and I want to be an original, you know? So I think that they're, they're just so well done that they kind of set you apart in the classes. And yeah. there's very few people that we have, that we have met that don't, don't desire a design icon at some point in their life. Yeah. And, I yeah. Think, and too, I think part of it is you learn about the human that created it and mm-hmm. it fascinates you. And same with all artists. I think that that's honestly, if you don't know how to pick out art, study artists and you'll fall in love with them and you'll fall in love with their art. Mm, good and points. so I think, I think that those all, and when you fall in love with something that has staying power and if yes. it has like a deep root of love and interest and intrigue and respect, that has staying power. Great point. That's excellent. A few more things. Um, I'm going to say too, that I think of when I say, when I think of always in and never out would be beautiful finish work. Yes. Always in. Yes. Yeah. Always beautiful. A gorgeous chair rail moldings, crown moldings, base Lovely moldings. Stacked baseboard is beautiful. So beautiful. Gorgeous door casings. Um, I just think a house that's really beautifully built will always be in and finish work as often like the icing on the cake, I think. Yeah. And I would say be inspired, like go to New York, go to, or like study, study images if you can totally. go. Study Boston. Images of just like brilliant buildings mm-hmm. and, and classical architecture and notice their commonalities. Mm-hmm. And that has staying power 100%. Yes. And it's usually scale. It's usually like a proportion thing of just like something that's large or something that's delicate. And that, that combination just has such staying power. Mm-hmm. So study that before you are about to make these big decisions. Totally. The last one that I'm going to mention, which is kind of a funny one to end on, is mohair. Oh, I, I feel like, you know, growing <laughs> it refuses up. refuses to go out. <laughs> I know. Growing up, you know, it used to be the seats that were in all the movie theaters. It's known as the diamond fiber. And it is just so hard wearing. But it's very expensive. It comes from, it comes from animals. And so it's, it's like the underbelly of like the sheep, right? The goat. Yeah. The goat, yeah. And so you get, you get some that are like the really thick teddy bear mohairs or some that are a little bit more spiky, but no matter what, this really high pile, gorgeous high-end fabric looks extraordinary everywhere. Suzanne and I just got to tour a brand new LDS temple before it opens. And what do you know, in the greatest of all the rooms in the entire temple, our chairs with beautiful purple mohair on them. And we were just like, she and I navigated to them right away. We we're like, Oh my gosh. It was like this really we beautiful, corners, but then we like both just like sat down and looked at each other and we we're like, yep. 
it was like a deep lavender color, high pile teddy bear mohair. And we were like, of course, of course, this is in the celestial room. This is amazing. <laughs> but like also these old theaters. And I just feel like no matter where, if you see something in mohair, you know that that was designed to last forever. I can't remember who, what client was, but it was like right when Alice Lane opened and we went to a, a home and like down in the basement, they had furniture from brother grandmother and there was this red mohair settee. Oh, and like, and it was 50 years old and yeah. it looked brand new because mm-hmm. mohair just does not crush. Yep. So anyway. yeah, it's amazing. It's so amazing. Yeah. So I would mohair say. Mohair is taken from Angora goats. Angora goats. There you go. That's where it comes from. Anyway, those are a few things in my mind that are always in ever, never out. Did I miss anything? Do you guys feel like there's anything that you are no. desiring to say in this moment? No, if it's not in style, it'll never go out of style. There you go. Just figure out your own style and therefore it's you. I love it. You guys, thanks so much for listening today. I hope that this has been fun for you. It's been great for us. If you have any questions at all that you want us to answer on the podcast, please send them to us. We love knowing what you think. Um, That's dear Alice at alicelanehome.com. And if you're not following us on social, we are at Alice Lane Home on Instagram or at Alice Lane Interior Design. And leave reviews. We read them all and we love them so much. I know. It's like the gas in our tank to keep going. We love it. Yes. Okay. Have a good day, guys. Catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 